This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. Good morning, and can you believe we are at episode 20 of Go To Grandma? I hope you've enjoyed our grand journey so far. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and I'm so excited to be spending Christmas with two grandsons this year, one two years old and one seven months. But this will be the first time we don't have my daughter and her family with us on Christmas morning, as they will be opening their eyes and their gifts with the other side. To be fair, it's their turn, and we'll have them with us for Christmas dinner. We've stayed out of the negotiations and have let the kids sort through where they want to be at different times. We're lucky that we're all pretty flexible and grateful for the time we have with them. But what if this isn't the case? Friend of the show and a friend of mine, psychotherapist and parenting expert Allison Schaefer joins me to talk about how to resolve the potential conflicts that could arise in the battle of the grandkids for Christmas morning or other big family events. She's sure to have some great advice. Financial advice is something that Patty Lovett-Reed has been providing Canadians with for years. And as a relatively new grandma, Patty is embracing the grandma lifestyle with both hands. Just go to her Instagram account to see how active and nonstop this powerhouse is. But what if both hands are always full of gifts for the grandkids? What if your spending at Christmas and other holiday times gets a tiny bit out of control because you want to give those cutie pies everything? Patty will take us through some strategies to prevent overspending, as well as how to manage those January bills when they inevitably come in. Our Take 5 with RBC series takes a sweet turn as I talk to Kat Soderstrom, the founder of Sweet Event, which delivers customized desserts for events. Sugar, sugar, oh, honey, honey, just be glad I didn't sing that part. Pour some extra sugar on it or in it this morning as you grab your morning coffee, midday tea, or special hot chocolate. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you're listening to Go To Grandma. Allison Schaefer is a family counselor, parenting expert, and author of three best selling books, including her personal favorite, Honey, I Wrecked the Kids. She hosts the podcast Parenting the Adlerian Way and is the guest expert on many media outlets, including The Marilyn Dennis Show and Global's The Morning Show. Allison teaches, trains, and speaks around the globe, including Uruguay, Bulgaria, the Ukraine, Switzerland, Belgium, and more. Good morning, Allison Schaefer. Thank you so much for being in person in studio with me today. So excited to be here with you in person, in as you person. say. Yes. And this Christmas, we might not have our grandkids in person with us. Like me, my grandkids are actually spending the day with the other side, which is totally fair. We had them the last year. But what about if grandparents are saying, well, I want them all the time. What about jealousy and competition between the grandparents? Have you seen that? Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> I know that we would like to think that as... As we get older, we get wiser and that there would be this developmental evolution that by the time you were a grandparent, that you would have your competition and jealousy in check. This is not true, Kathy. Darn darn it. (laughs) It is not true. Some people do not do the work. And so it stays with them and it appears in different ways. And it certainly appears when we see grandkids. Actually, I loved that movie. Did you see Four Christmases with Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn? I did. Okay. You can't make comedy and parody unless there is a grain of truth. You know this. You have a comedy background. You know exactly what I'm talking about. Absolutely. The fact that this shows up 
as plot lines in movies tells you that it's alive and well in real life. And so, yes, there are adults who still have, you know, ego worries about, am I good enough? Am I valued enough? Am I loved enough? Can I buy their love with presents? Can I, you know, muscle my way in with time? And of course, we see it with grandparents. Yes. I will just say off the top, we're very lucky. We don't have that in our family. Both sets are very respectful of the time that the other spend together, and we share everything, and we support each other. That's great. Not always the case. So what advice do you have for the kids, I guess, of these parents if their parents are fighting with each other over who gets more time? You really want to make sure that you don't triangulate. Triangulation is when you get yourself pulled into the middle of a circumstance. And so I think trying to be honest and open and say, I I am really trying to do my best to make sure that we get everybody's needs met. And that includes both sets of grandparents, as well as the kids' needs for their downtime and our family, nuclear family. And believing that I really have good faith that if we work together, we can get some kind of a combination here if everyone's working on the same page. So it's just got to be goodwill, goodwill. And to realize we've also got the 365 days of the year that, in fact, Christmas is a little bit hectic. Mm -hmm. And if you could, you know, appeal to somebody to say, well, you know, we can cram you in on the holidays because it's the tradition or... Maybe we could move this out, a short visit at Christmas and a longer, slower, deeper, relaxed March break or whatever the next thing around and is. And particularly when the grandkids are quite young, they don't know Christmas Day from Boxing Day, from New Year's Day. So we're doing that in our family, in yeah. fact, so splitting that out. I'm the mom, of course, of my daughter who has the grandkids. Is there a preference sometimes you see between the mom's parents as grandparents and the dad's parents as grandparents? So we're treading into some tricky water yeah. here, Kathy, because <laughs> we are, because because first of all, we're talking about gender stereotypes, Very which true. are alive and well, sadly, <laughs> oh, no. and I don't want to perpetuate them. I would like to disintegrate them, actually, but they are alive and well. And it also sort of speaks to, you know, in the way we pose the question, maybe there's mom and mom and dad and dad and Very families true. look all different mm-hmm. ways. But have I heard that there is a traditional stereotype whereby the mother of the family makes more of the decision-making around the planning and the execution of the plans and manages the family than the calendar and the decision-making? And could it be that she's closer to her mother and so she has a tendency to lean in that direction? I've seen that play out a million times. Now, I also know daughters who can't stand their mother and are completely estranged. And one of the things they loved about their new partner is that they kind of got taken and absorbed into the healthier family. So there's no rule per se, but somebody does take the lead. And usually there's the more comfortable family. And we do consciously kind (laughs) of want to relax on the holiday and maybe spend a little bit more time with them for sure. Do we have to try to make it fair? Between the grandparents? Okay, I hate the, <laughs> the word fair. Well, yeah. we, because we, ha- we have to really understand what we're talking about. You know, fair and equitable and equal get used interchangeably, and they're very different terms. So we actually stimulate competition when we try to make things exactly equal. You had them for six hours and eight minutes on Christmas Eve, so I get them for six hours and eight minutes Christmas Day, and then you're going to start getting into fights. So it's the spirit of saying, and this is what I was alluding to earlier about these conversations, which is everybody wants to see the kids and the kids wants to see everybody and we want to have quality time and this is a solvable problem. And is maybe one person going to have the day of Christmas proper and someone else is going to have three days, you know, over New Year's? It's not equal hour-wise, but does it 
meet the needs that everybody gets to see their kids. And frankly, there's some grandparents who are like, I love seeing my grandkids, but I'm really exhausted and I need to go back to my old folks home after. And there's no Mm -hmm. way come love nor money do I want to stay for Christmas dinner and wake up with little toddlers in the morning. (laughs) Well, and there's some grandparents, you know, that leave. They go to Florida or somewhere, you know, and they're not even physically there. So that can help solve a problem, I guess, but it can also create problems, of course, because then the one year that they are in town, does everything change for them? And, And do you think it's maybe a good idea for the sets of grandparents to speak to each other without the kids and sort it out? Would well, that work? If they, it depends how close they are. Yeah. I mean, I came from a really fortunate situation in that my grandparents were good friends before their children got married. So oh, my, wow. Yeah, yeah. So my, my, that was like a, you know, wouldn't it be great if my little Sylvia married your little dick? And that's what happened. And so that rarely does, but they were already good friends. So the relationship was established and that was really, you know, easy for them. But other times you're only meeting your in-laws sets of parents after the couple has come Mm -hmm. together and who knows how that relationship is going to go you know they're forced by circumstance to become friends but will they I mean I always say it's great to be respectful (laughs) and if you can get a friendship going all the better but that doesn't necessarily happen but if they can talk and there's an open conversation that's just around planning just it's you know it's, it's, it's planning it's putting it down and your advice always which always sticks with me is protect the relationship first well that I've had so many people where they're trying to use the rules as the excuse for not having the relationship, you know, where they're like, you know what, they buy too many gifts, they spoil the kids, we don't want to see them. Right. I'm like, I think you don't want to see them and you're just kind of coming up with a reason. And so right. relationships are built in a million different ways. And you can have people sitting around a Christmas table acting like they like each other and there's no relationship happening that's when the there. Wine, that's when the wine comes that's up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, you know, above all else, we want to make sure our kids are happy, our grandkids are happy and healthy. So I guess the thing is, if there is a problem, we need to talk about it. We need to get the people involved, you know, to really have an open communication about it. If you've got communication, you've got everything. Yeah, you can figure it out. And if we want to get some more advice on not just grandparents and holidays, but in general on parenting, we can find you at alisonshafer.com, Twitter at Allison Schaefer, Instagram and Facebook. And I know you run parenting workshops virtually yes. for the most part right now. You do Facebook lives. Lots of great advice, not only for parents, but grandparents can take this too. So I would suggest they go to see you. Thank you. Yes, I often have people even before they've given birth or when they have grandparents or people that are doctors, teachers. If you want to know about humans and little people and human relationships, there's information that's going to help all. Thank you for joining us today, Allison. Really appreciate it. As CTV News Chief Financial Commentator, Patty Lovett-Reed coaches viewers on how to save money, stretch their income, and get the biggest bang for their hard-earned bucks. Patty provides weekday financial updates for CTV News Channel, CP24, and regional CTV morning live broadcasts across the country. Patty Lovett-Reed joined CTV News from TD Waterhouse Canada, Inc., where she served as a senior vice president. But her most important title might be that of grandma, and we're going to talk to her about that. Good morning, Patty Lovett-Reed. How are you today? Thanks, Kathy. I am so delighted to be on with you. So you have many titles that you hold and that you have held, but I want to talk to you about your grandma title. Are you called grandma by your grandkids? No, I'm not. And if I can tell you a very quick story, when I first heard our first grandchild was going to be born, I thought, oh, no, 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 I'm not ready. (laughs) Can they call me Patty or Patsy? (laughs) Miss Lovett? uh, (laughs) (laughs) Children very quickly said to me, absolutely not. 
And so I thought about it. But in any event, my mother is Nana. Mm-hmm. And so I'm Nana P. Oh, that's cute. And the kids, it's sort of stuck so far. Yeah, I like that. Well, I, I'm grandma, but the other grandma is Grandma D. So we have a similar sort of, yeah, I love that. That's great. And you have three, is that correct? Well, actually, we now have four. Oh, okay. And we have four little boys all under the age of three. Oh. Soon we could have a soccer team. Oh, wow. You're going to have a fantastic holiday season with those little guys. We're going to have a busy one. That's for sure. But yes, it will be so much fun. And speaking of busy and a lot of kids and fun. Okay. I'm a grandma as well. I have two grandsons. It's fun to buy them things, isn't it? Isn't it, Patty? But we can get into trouble. Well, you know, I think it is fun. And what I have witnessed with our grandchildren is that they have amazing lives and they have a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And so as I really thought about it, my husband and I did give this a lot of thought. They don't need more toys. They don't need designer duds. That doesn't mean they don't need something. Everyone's coming to our home for Christmas brunch this year, but they need to have something from Nana and Papa. But my feeling is, and we're in the camp, that we'd like to provide the children an education. Mm -hmm. We sort of see that as the gift that keeps on giving. And so each holiday, whether it's birthday or it's Christmas, they do get money towards their registered education savings plan. And this year, I'm putting it in a book, so to speak, and I don't think any one of them can read it, (laughs) but... Oh, the places you'll go by Dr. Seuss. Good one. So one of the things that I really hope to do with the children, as soon as they're old enough to understand it, is sort of put that expectancy theory into place. Like, you know what? I don't care if you go to university. I don't care if you go to college. But I think most children are going to need some form of post-secondary education. And that's what Nana and Papa want to do for you. But yes, there is something under the tree, of course. (laughs) Of course. And I think it's such terrific advice, the RESPs, which is, of course, are matched as well to a certain amount and such a great way to help your kids also, not just your grandkids, because that's where the money comes from. You know, you're absolutely right about that. And, you know, it's one of those things when I used to go out to high schools and speak to, you know, youth in grade 12 on the cusp of going on to some form of post-secondary education, and I would ask them, okay, so... How many of you hope to pursue your educational goals? And the hands would go up. And I said, have you thought about how you're going to fund it? And half the hands went down. And then another half went down when I said, have you actually had this conversation with your parents? And it just wasn't happening. And so it came very apparent to me and kind of stuck with me that these conversations I think they should have some skin in the game, too, by the way, Mm -hmm. and they need to save some money towards it. But to the extent that they know that they can pursue their dream, and that, as I said, it may not be going off to some university or college degree right away. It may be traveling. But I think at the end of the day, it's ultimately their decision and there's some money set aside for that. And it's important for them to realize, I mean, I'm a big proponent of financial literacy for kids as well, that that it does cost money, that it's not something that magically appears and that teaching them, you know, certainly by grade 12, what an RESP actually is, is a good thing. (laughs) They should know. You know, you're absolutely right, Kathy. In fact, years ago, when my mother-in-law passed away, prior to her passing, we had a chance to talk and I asked her, do you have any regrets? And she said, and I think she did this to please me, I do, I have one, I wish I was more financially literate my whole life. And 
so she also told me at the time that she was going to leave a small inheritance to each of our four children. And so I thought about it and I thought, well, in keeping with your legacy and your own personal wish, what if, and I had written a book targeted to our teens years ago, not one of them read it. I mean, it was dedicated to them. But I did ask them, I said, okay, what if we have them read the book and they have to answer five skill testing questions by me and we will match your inheritance? Nice. And the children then can do what they want with it, but it'll be a money lesson that hopefully keeps on giving as well. She thought it was a great idea. And I don't know, but, you know, when you have more than one child, we, we put it out there, we gave them, I think at the time, maybe a two-month window. I mean, this book was all of 30 pages. Right, I mean, it right. was a book list. <laughs> and so three of our children read the book, answered the questions, nailed it, and started to understand the importance of having a gift and doubling up and what that meant and how they could do things with it. Then our one son, yeah, he waited till the uh, very (laughs) last minute and came up and said, all right, I'm ready to read the dumb book and answer your dumb questions. I really wanted to stump him, but I didn't. And he did read the book. And he actually, to this day, still talks about the lesson. So I think that's a wonderful legacy from their grandmother. Mm -hmm. But to your point, the importance, you know, things cost money. Things cost money. So when we are standing in the toy store or the fancy kids' togs store, how can we resist spending and what do we do when those bills come in? Do you have any advice for the grandparents like, oh, shoot, I already spent a bunch of money? (laughs) You know what? I don't think your grandchildren are going to love you any less (laughs) if you don't buy them the one extra thing. And I also think it's about spending time and doing that year round and doing things, creating memories, that sort of thing. Again, you know, I say that because I'll tell you what we're buying this children this year. I don't think they're listening. We bought them all matching sweatshirts, matching hats, a book, because we always believe in the book, plus the book and the money. And I'm finished everything. It's all done. And I thought, no, no, even still, they need to have something to open. And so now we will go out and target a specific gift because we have a seven-month-old, a 14-month-old, almost 20-month-old, and a three-year-old. So they're going to be a little different, but we do believe in equality, so all the same will be spent. I have four kids and two grandsons, and it's the evening out sometimes, which gets you, isn't it? Like, i got to balance it out between the kids. Right. And I really enjoyed our discussion this morning, Patty. And if we want to find out, you are so busy. You work out all the time. You're obviously (laughs) doing tons of shows and being a great mom and grandma. So we can find all about that on Instagram at Patty Lovett Read. You're all over social media. And, of course, almost every time I turn on my TV, there you are giving great advice. Aw, thank you. Thank you so much for joining us. And happy holidays to you and your kids and grandkids. The same to you and to everyone listening. And, by the way, thank you. I know you follow me on Instagram. (laughs) So thank you. Thanks, Patty. Kat Soderstrom, who has a background in graphic design, founded Sweet Event in 2011 when she couldn't find a company to customize the desserts for her own wedding. This woman-owned family business continued to grow and thrive until March 2020, when all scheduled events were canceled and a new business model was needed and fast. Kat joins us as part of our Take 5 with RBC series. Good morning, Kat. Thanks for being in studio today. Thank you for having me. So I am so intrigued by this. Tell me, what is Sweet Events? Sure. Uh, Well, Sweet Events is 
basically a new take on care packages at the moment with a new COVID model. Yeah, because you started it in 2011, long before COVID, because you couldn't find what you wanted for your own wedding. Is that right? Absolutely, it is. And then the pandemic hits and supplying customized desserts for events, not so much anymore. No. And you know what? To be honest with you, it was around my birthday, a birthday (laughs) I will never forget, when I got basically all calls saying, cancel. Everything cancel, cancel. Yeah, everything was sort of flying off the rails. So this happens. How long does it take you then to make the adjustment from planning and executing events to your new model, which is very new, of designing, creating, and delivering exclusive treat boxes? Well, first, (laughs) I thought, okay, well, this is going to be just maybe a few weeks, maybe a month. As we all did, right? Absolutely. absolutely. And well, then, while homeschooling two kids... Oh, my. I realized, I'm like, okay, we have to change this a bit. So what we did was we we decided to change this to e-commerce, strictly e-commerce. And, and that's where it sort of began. It sort of began. And there's so many challenges. I mean, obviously, I'm sure you have a longer list of challenges than a lot of people, given you were in the event space. But what were some of the biggest challenges that you were facing? To be honest with you, it was just, how do I connect to people, how right. do I give them the experience of an event, even though they're at home in front of their Zoom meetings? So we wanted to to connect people in a way that you know they still have that there's something to look forward to in a package to receive. You know, even though the event might not be in, on a Zoom, they're still getting something that they're part of a event they're part of a a community let's say that you know it's connecting people so which was so important during this whole last 18 months almost two years because we've had these great zoom calls everyone's a little bit zoomed out we also didn't have that experience so if i'm on a zoom call i might get a treat box from yourselves is that right that i enjoy with my zoom community exactly and one event uh, in particular we did uh, the golden ticket so Mm -hmm. so everyone was looking forward to to getting a christmas box and looking to to see if they got the golden ticket. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> So fun. that was a lot of fun. That's fun. And so tell me, Kat, how has the partnership with RBC Bank evolved over the past 15 months or so? And what has been the most important and maybe gratifying part of the program? Well, as a snowbird who lived in Florida, I do understand how disconnected people can be and loved ones you don't see. And when we pitched to RBC, it was all about how can we connect Canadians and U.S. partners together with closed borders and have a taste of Canada. And when people can't travel, it's nice to get a package. It's a nice way to bring people across the border. Exactly, virtually, (laughs) exactly. In the future, do you see that there will be, you know, you'll you'll pivot back to, are you seeing it come back at all yet or too soon? I think it might be too soon. Soon, but I mean, we're doing small events right Mm -hmm. now, but what we've started doing is that we want to basically, if people can attend the event, we still want them to have that experience. So we're now we can ship a box experience box to their home while they're not at an event per se, because they're still not comfortable. They're not comfortable. So tell me about um, in working with RBC Bank, the shoebox project I'm very interested in. How did that work and what happened there? So what we have done is with this season, what we're doing is we're working together with RBC providing a holiday breakfast box. And that holiday breakfast box, we're actually delivering 
to the shoebox community, Lovely. and it's going to be. Given to all the members that are in it. So the shoebox project is an annual gift drive for women experiencing homelessness or risk of homelessness with chapters across the country. So what a great thing to be involved with! That must feel fantastic. You know what? It's to be part of something so big. It's absolutely amazing that people can receive something that will, you know, give a bit of warmness to dark days. And what's in that box? Can you share? <laughs> yes, absolutely. So we have a holiday breakfast, which includes a maple syrup. It includes cho- white chocolate oh, cool. to put sprinkles on top of the pancakes. Of course. Or in a pancake mix. Nice. And butterscotch cookies. Oh, wow. And what's, what's amazing about this box is that we have... All, all pieces of of this box are from small businesses. Oh, I love that. So yeah. we're really big on working together with with small businesses because, as a small business myself, I've been affected by it, and all small businesses of have course. too. Of so, so the big thing about the care packages that we do is just connecting small businesses and giving the word. You know, hey. We're here. We're here. We're, We're supporting helping. each other. Right? I love that. So, if we want to find out more about a sweet event, we can go to your social media, Instagram and Facebook at sweet event underscore ca to find out. Maybe we want to order some boxes for our next event or yes. something we have going on special in our lives. Thank you so much for coming in, Kat. I truly appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Spending time with the grandkids is the best kind of spending you can do over the holidays, but only if we can find a way to split it fairly. And maybe if we can't, we have to send the other set of grandparents a sweet event treat box. At least that's what I learned this week. Thanks to Allison, Patty, and Cat for making our holiday planning a little sweeter all around. This is our last show of 2021. As on December 25th, you will be able to enjoy music all day long on Zoomer Radio. Our next episode of Go To Grandma will air January the 1st, and we are starting the new year off with a bang, or a skinnamarinky dinky do, to be more precise. I'm so thrilled to have Sharon and Bram on the show to talk about their new album, Sharon, Lois and Bram, Best of the Best Live. My kids grew up with Sharon, Lois and Bram, and I can't wait to catch up with them, as well as talk about Sharon's two grandchildren and Bram's six grandchildren and his five great-grandchildren. As well, I'm talking to Zoomer Magazine's Jay Title about his article on why generation gaps are a good thing for the grandparent-grandchild relationship. You'll want to tune in for that Saturday, January the 1st at 7.30 a.m. Best wishes for the holiday season. I hope you and your grandkids spend loads of quality time together and that you've enjoyed the first 20 episodes of our show. Maybe you'll have time during the holidays to catch up on older episodes. You can find them all on zoomerradio.ca or iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to your podcasts. I can't wait to start the new year with you all. We have some incredible guests and topics coming up in 2022 that you won't want to miss. I'm Kathy Buckworth, and you've been listening to Go To Grandma. Share your thoughts on this show with us. You can find Kathy on Twitter at Kathy Buckworth or email her, Kathy at KathyBuckworth.com. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.